we may walk into a situation and and think that oh my goodness gracious there's all kinds of things that need to be done well you know you're there really for um for the neighbor and the question becomes what do they want what do they need what's most critical to them and how can you help them with that and try not to get caught up in what you would think um would be all the things you'd like to fix um because that's not important to them and really um that's the most important thing is to serve them in the way that they are looking. And, uh, you know, the small things make a big difference. And, and you can get defocused on things that you think ought to be done as opposed to what they really want. Well, after two-week break, we are back with Neighboring. NeighborLink's podcast, where we attempt to ask the question and learn more about what does it mean to be a good neighbor, and this year, what is it? What does a healthy neighborhood look like? Uh, th- the entire reason that we do this podcast is to have conversations with our friends, with our coworkers, uh, with our board members and neighbors, and in an effort to try to figure out what's going on in the community and, and what does it mean to, to really be a good neighbor and to love our neighbors well. Today, we are sitting down with two uh, longtime NeighborLink staff members, Jeff Chateau, who is our Director of Volunteer Mobilization, and Derek Smith, who started off as a volunteer, became a part-timer, and now works almost full-time and is kind of an operations director here at NeighborLink. Uh, We are going to have a conversation today on uh, the difficult nature of volunteerism. We interact with 13, we do 1,300 projects a year at NeighborLink. We've done close to 10,000 projects since we started in uh, 2003. We spend a lot of time with people in the neighborhoods, and most of those projects go really seamlessly and are great, and you meet some really wonderful people that are doing the best that they can, uh, living independently and being good neighbors. Every once in a while, and more times than not, when you start to get to the volume of 1,300 projects, you interact with some difficult situations. The fact is, NeighborLink is collecting the needs of vulnerable homeowners, people that either physically or financially can't take on the the needs of their home, primarily home maintenance, home repair. But as these guys in the discussion we hope to have today, there's a lot more things going on. There could be mental challenges. There could be loneliness. There uh, are financial challenges. There's some significant things. And uh, sometimes you show up thinking or choose the the cleaning project that you think is going to be pretty simple. You're going to help clean up some boxes or uh, organize a kitchen and you show up and it's actually a hoarding project. We have all been on those projects as volunteers and we have countless other stories. And it goes beyond hoarding. Uh, I wanted to start with a conversation with Jeff. So uh, Jeff and I both attended the same church, started getting involved in this type of service through NeighborLink in 2005 as just volunteers. So 2004, 2005, we started taking on projects. And one of the first projects Jeff and I connected to uh, or worked together on was a moving project. Jeff has a background in the trucking and delivery business and always had access to trucks. And you know, Jeff brought his skills to the table of moving and his willingness to do about anything. And uh, I remember Jeff inviting me out on this project and saying, hey, we're gonna do this moving projects. It's an older couple, they live in this apartment. They've got to move. Uh, they really need some help. Um, can you help us? Can you help? And I'm like, well, sure. Yeah, we got a few other people initially, but uh, we go and we show up and 
with Jeff's big truck, we had a big moving truck, we were ready. But we walked into the house and almost nothing had been packed. And we, for the next day, for the next, you know, four, five, six hours, were packing alongside this elderly couple who had some mental issues and some challenges and weren't all there. But they were a bit of a hoarder and weren't super clean. Jeff, fill in some details on this project. I think this is a really great project to start on because here we're just kind of new as volunteers. We learned about NeighborLink. We've done a few other kind of yard work projects. But we started taking a bit bigger of projects. We got into this moving project and we were like in over our head almost immediately, not knowing, not comfortable with the situation, but being present and feeling a sense of responsibility because they needed to move. And we were two new volunteers within the context of NeighborLink. We showed up and we were overwhelmed. And I suppose we could have left, but we didn't leave. Yeah, so so we really had to shift focus and and put our energy in day one of just getting everything packed so that the next day could be spent on moving. And um, it wasn't, I don't think, how we pictured the move to go, but... Um, you know, it was okay and we got everything packed and um, it, it just wasn't how maybe we would have liked or planned it to go. But I think when um, you walk into a situation and someone's lives aren't as maybe how your life or my life is, is put together um, and the, the best plans that we lay out, sometimes um, we just kind of have to roll with it and adjust and um, I think we've said more than, than once, um, sometimes folks' lives are messy and even though we um, try and lay out a good plan for a project, um, why should we expect our project to go well when someone's life that we're stepping into is a little bit messy and that project you know, why shouldn't we expect it to be a little bit messy also, I yeah. think, right? Well, you're speaking now with 12 years of, of, <laughs> of experience, and that's a very nice, like, uh, answer. But I remember back when we were in the middle of this, like, feeling extremely overwhelmed. Now, my experience, I was 24, 25 at the time of this particular project. You know, I went to this college, Christian college and, you know, I'd done some service and volunteerism and my, my exposure to volunteerism was very transactional, safe, kind of controlled environments or, you know, a tornado relief where you go and you pick stuff up with the ground, and you throw it in a dumpster. But it, this project was one of my first projects where we started like really rubbing against or where I really rubbed against other people's uh, stuff and their crisis and here I am with no supervision. Jeff and I, it's just Jeff and I, like trying to sort this out. We were not social workers. We didn't know the situation. And it was pretty traumatic. And we bring this story up because we see a lot of volunteers every year in similar situations. You start off with your understanding of volunteerism and a transaction that you're normal with, and you show up in a neighborhood context and you uncover all of these things that you're not prepared, you don't have the experience. And it can be paralyzing and it can be in a way, as a volunteer, a bit traumatic, not in a negative way, but just in a new experience kind of way. I remember like trying to, like, this was the first time, and now we can talk more clearly on this about like just how hard moving projects are. Anytime you're in somebody's house interacting with their stuff and rubbing up against their stuff, all kinds of things come to play. 
sometimes it's just the interaction with other people's stuff and it's clean it's not clean or it's dirty or it's just a lot of stuff and you're not used to, you're used to your own environment but rarely are you helping people move and if you're really helping people move you're usually helping people that are like you and kind of live a similar lifestyle so when you interact with somebody else's lifestyle that can be hard and then especially in some of the hoarding projects you start to see people's collections and you we now can sit back and look and saying all that stuff that had value to them and it's not our position to question the value one puts on something but when you're in those situations first and you're seeing newspapers that are like 15 years old and random shoes and all this stuff and you're just like why do they have this stuff like why can't they throw this away like these are our experiences well let's face it too and it doing a moving project versus um doing a yard project when you're inside someone's house and you're actually touching someone's personal belongings that project becomes a lot more personal and the moving project again the the thing that i always remember about that is you know we're in there and we just have to start boxing and we're like an hour into that project and I come across one shoe and I look at you and I'm like holding this one shoe and you're like, you know, put it in a box. And, and then like two hours later, I find the other shoe. And by that time we're like, I don't know, 30 or 40 boxes in. And I have no idea what box that first shoe is in. And you're like, put it in a box. And it's like, who knows if those two shoes ever got, you know, reunited, but you know, the, the bottom line was we just had to the things box so that the next day, you know, we could get the couple moved and, and get the job done um, and do it respectfully. Yeah, I, I think that was the thing that where we showed up and just saying like, this is the, these people need to move, we have responsibility, let's help, let's, let's learn from them, let's engage, but it is their stuff. And, and I think as volunteers, we were able to respect that and get it done. We've learned a lot from that because you, frankly, I think in Neighborlink we would all agree that you don't get it right on the first time. You don't get it right on the tenth time necessarily. You hope that you're more aware and you keep going and you learn what we learned from that first moving project. We kept applying to other projects, but there are some other things that really weigh on that for us. Of like, yes, we got the project, we got the truckload, we got to move to that place. But then you start wondering like, who's going to help them unload it and unpack and. What's the other implication for the, for the other things we're seeing that we just don't really know? Um, these are the types of projects that we're experiencing in Neighbor Lincoln. You know, most of us have 10 to, or more years of experience working with the situations we've learned, and we want to share a little bit more about that. Derek, uh, you've been involved in Neighbor Lincoln the last three or four years. Yeah. Curious if you have a story that comes yeah, to mind. There's about three of them I could talk to, but you know, we're talking about difficult situations and those situations can be kind of environmental um, or they could be related to the homeowner or the homeowner's family. And there's, so there's a myriad of, of issues you're going to run into. And also as, as you understood the project to be, as you got into it, you may find that the scope is going to creep out on you um, clearly when you move somebody and then you get there. Well, guess what? They got to be moved in and then there's a lot more that can be taken on. Um, so I will say this this winter we had a, a situation that um, was due to a furnace going out in a house and uh, a lot of pipes had frozen in the basement. And so myself and another volunteer um, was working with this homeowner that had been out of his house for a, a 
you know, a number of weeks, and we started to then try to fix all the broken, the frozen broken pipes, and we we worked and worked and worked. Every time we turned the water back on, we'd find another pipe, and then pipe broken, and then we had to climb into a crawl space, and it was very uncomfortable. So that was kind of environmentally driven, but, uh, you know, with the empathy for the homeowner that, you know, he had some serious issues that we were trying our best to, to work on. Um, I can also think about a moving, a moving project. But on the, on the plumbing project, yeah. really curious on that. Like, you know, you're invested, you're a staff person in NeighborLink, but you're also work, you also work with the volunteers and a community yeah. of volunteers. Talk about whether there was any kind of pushback or interaction on some of the volunteers, because it's like you go in and, in the, and the project seems overwhelming. Uh, like how can, there's just lots of things that often feel overwhelming in this. But you came with a certain set of skill sets and you fix one thing and it leads to another thing. And then now you're multiple days going back, maybe incurring more costs. The project scope just gets out of control. It really does. And while you're there, I imagine, and this has happened to me, is like while you're there, you're trying to meet the need, but the need keeps growing. And it, the solution doesn't come very easy. And you can just get really frustrated just naturally because you're trying to fix a problem and you're not being successful at fixing the problem and the compassion for the, the homeowner it's not that you project it's not that it's a negative thing to the homeowner the situation it's just the problem is not getting yeah. solved yeah. how is that how did that play out in that particular team of volunteers was you know were all the volunteers kind of more equipped at this point in season that they could roll with it or were there times uh, where not really actually we did as much as we could we actually um we actually had to get a, a plumbing contractor to come in and, and finish up because the main valve was still leaking and that caused us issues in trying to continue the repair. So it was big time frustrating. Um, what the huge blessing, blessing was is this particular homeowner had a number of other plumbing issues and um, had a roof that was leaking and a lot of other things that we, you know, as we developed a relationship with him became um, evident that maybe we could help um, even further. Um, and so really the the, you know, the bad situation turned into, you know, ultimately uh, a series of really big improvements for his life. It's a good illustration. You know, Neighbor Link's so much more about relationships than we are about projects. And even though those difficult and overwhelming projects, like if you go in with the right attitude, that it takes a while to develop this relational aspect. But you guys have, have learned to be open to that and to find the value in other ways kind of learn whether it's the moving project or those projects when you get into a difficult situation there's always there's always kind of two options on a project for volunteers one you're either going to walk away having impacted and helped that project and learning about the process maybe learn a new skill or something or you can walk away learning something about yourself like things are always transforming you either showed up and transformed the thing that you wanted to do for that person or you walk away being transformed if you're open to it. And I think that's ultimately what we try to create an environment and neighborlink on is uh, being open to the transformation. What other kind of difficult situations um, do some of the volunteers at neighborlink kind of encounter on a regular basis? Yeah, I will say uh, one is uh, if the homeowner's grumpy or mad or mm. agitated, um, that sort of thing. And, um, and I've got one situation in mind where you mean you can show up to a project and that person isn't glad to see you? Yeah, and they can also um, try to dictate when you're going to be there um, because they want to sleep in or whatever. It could be a, a number of issues. You've got to really just um, you know, treat them with grace and um, a little humor at times can really go a long ways. 
And one particular case, I recall that things weren't going uh, very well. I had known the, the lady and um, had worked at her house a few other times. But I you know, went into it with uh, the idea that I think we can start getting along ultimately. And so um, I worked uh, at her house most of the morning, and we got things figured out. And I continued to ask her um, if, if things were going the way that we, she thought we, it should be going. And, and I joked about the weather or whatever else we might have been talking about. And ultimately, she was really happy um, by the time I left. And she said that I could come back any time and, and do work for her. So it, it ended up being great. Um, but I could have went into it, you know, with you know way much much more apprehension so yeah but there were 2800 projects waiting for assistance you know as a volunteer when you're choosing your own when you're choosing your own project you uh, everyone is different um our volunteers are the people you're the, our neighbors that we're interacting with have all different kind of backgrounds and situations they're dealing with in life and you know most volunteerism experiences that i had before one you either didn't get a direct interaction with the person you're helping it was in a bigger context or at a food bank where you're not really able to connect relationally other than saying hi with someone and you recognize like oh like life is happening here and a lot of times it's great it's great more times than it is not great but occasionally somebody's having a bad day and it might take some relational work not just showing up to mow the grass or in that case fixing those needs jeff are there any other projects that come to mind you work with the majority of the volunteer groups, close to 170 last year, as you, what are some other difficult situations that, that tend to pop up at NeighborLink? I think sometimes volunteers might step into an environment that maybe they're just not used to, like <clears throat> cleanliness conditions, things, things along that line, that just um, maybe take a little more grace or patience um, to deal with something like that. And you still have to remember to um, treat um, everyone respectfully and with kindness and love and um, just with a lot of understanding. So, Yeah, uh, it is a good reminder um, on, on the, the connectivity part. Um, one of the unique things, and we've mentioned, that NeighborLink allows our volunteers to get up close and personal and direct connect with the people you're serving. And that's different than a lot of other volunteer experiences. One that we've grown to love, like NeighborLink, Jeff, Derek, myself, or anybody on our staff, you know, didn't start this work as experts. Um, we all chose, started by choosing our own projects and connecting, and we uh, have been learning along the way, really from our um, misguidance, or we're just learning um, from making bad decisions, not asking the right questions. One of the things we really try to do in NeighborLink is try to empower our volunteers to engage in the process. We find that traditional volunteerism doesn't, doesn't empower volunteers for so often. It's like you show up, you serve, you do what's asked, you do it the way they want it, and that doesn't always make sense. And there's been many projects that I've been on where, you know, I remember we were leading a team. Uh, we have a large Burmese community in Fort Wayne, and, and about a decade ago, there was a heavy reflux or uh, influx of refugees being resettled to Fort Wayne. And people coming um, from Myanmar and, and Burma, 
and lifestyles and cultures is just drastically different. You can't imagine unless you've been to another country the different ways of lifestyles. And so we were being invited at with, with another ministry that was building relationships and to do some cleaning, to painting, you know, getting some of these lower income apartments where many of these people were moving into a suitable living situation. And I remember being with a group of volunteers and they were kind of cleaning up this kitchen and the kitchen wasn't clean, it wasn't it was a low income apartment. And I could overhear this side conversation of oh, how does this work or like why are they why are they not clean why can't they keep up with this like that very natural part and I, and I looked and I was like at first you're like you're just kind of being judgmental but what's really happening is you're working out your current understanding of the situation and that's normal on volunteerism what we're trying to help volunteers is saying you know what that's a really great question how can we find that answer or let's learn about this situation or you know what if you start building relationships the answer to that question might be be helpful but i know so so many times you can get into those situations interact with something that you don't quite understand or is challenging for you and you write it off as a bad experience because you haven't been taught how to engage or you haven't been given permission to ask questions to engage relationally one of the other things that comes to mind in terms of the difficult situations that I think volunteers step into a lot at NeighborLink is uh, resource identification. Like, as a group of volunteers, and this, this happens quite frequently, where a group of volunteers will commit to a project on NeighborLink, they'll show up to the house, they'll start interacting with the homeowner, and they will identify resources, whether it's economic or people resources, present that begins to question they begin to question why am i here why are they not doing this why are they not spending the money on this project why am i being asked like if you are showing up to a grandmother that is asking help for getting her grass mowed and you show up that saturday morning and there's grandkids able-bodied high school age grandkids sitting on the couch or present you will naturally start asking like why am i here why is that kid he's capable of mowing the grass and that comes up and it's a legitimate issue and a concern. So what one of the things is you can identify, you can show up and identify resources. The lesson in that for me over the years has been, I can walk away and be really frustrated, but I don't know the situation fully. So how do I as a volunteer start asking questions? Um, because we believe you have the right to ask questions. Like, so one way on that situation is we've learned to say, okay, we've done that a couple of times and we see a grandkid, let's find out why he's not doing the yard work. Or even better, let's invite him out. Um, and some volunteers have gotten really great at that. Well, and when I first started volunteering 13 years ago, I scoped out a project on a Wednesday evening and that exact situation happened to me. It was in the fall and, um, walked inside met the the grandmother and it was a leaf raking project and her two grandsons were sitting on the couch playing video games and if it would have happened to me in the first couple years of my volunteering i would have just done the job on saturday morning and then walked away feeling taken advantage of but since i was like five years in i knew enough to ask a couple questions and to like challenge her and say well look i'll tell you what i you know i told you i'd help you out on saturday but here's what what i think should happen i'll i'll be here at 
9 a.m. Saturday morning, but I want your two grandsons to help me out. I'll have everything that we need, but I expect them to be out helping Saturday morning yeah. with me. And so Saturday morning rolls around. I show up at 9 a.m., and the two grandsons, they came out, and it was actually a pretty good experience. Sure and, well, they learned a lot, but but I learned something too. I I gained knowledge in having that conversation mm-hmm. and, um, uh, like, gained gained some experience and knowing that, hey, it's confidence. I gained that confidence yeah. in, because that was, like, the first time that I really, like, challenged myself to challenge a homeowner um, in that way. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, and it is okay to have those conversations and to ask questions. Um, but like I say, if it would have been that those first couple years, I would have just did it myself and then walked away thinking, man, I just got taken advantage yeah. of. Well, at the end of the day, we want to provide a long-term solution. Everything is, is not a long, like if you just look at each individual project, it's likely not the long-term solution for uh, the situation and if we want to be in the long game and you know really impact people's lives then we need to learn more like can't show up and and solve the solution overnight so we've got that story but then I mean we've given away countless lawnmowers because we've shown up and you know you identify the resource you start asking questions of like well what's going on and you learn oh the lawnmower is broke so oh okay well if we get that fixed can you do this or the mower's broken so we'll take a donated lawnmower and give them to them, and then we've really solved the long-term solution. So still requires, or as volunteers, you ask those questions, and the grand kids like, I'm not coming out, or, and then you start to learn, okay, this time is about what I'm gonna learn, and I'm gonna have grace, and I'm gonna show up, and I'm gonna mow the grass, and I'm gonna walk away knowing that this was an exercise in me learning something about grace, and loving my neighbor sacrificially. But learn that if that homeowner calls you again, it's you you don't have to respond a second time, especially if you've had the time. Or maybe that's the good time to ask the questions. Same with economics. Whether this is people we've talked, given a couple of uh, experiences with volunteer resources, but money resources. About seven or eight years ago, we really were understanding this. This is about neighbor to neighbor interactions, not just giver receiver, and we were robbing people's dignity by doing it the way of give a receiver. And if this is really going to be successful, we need to like think of we're neighbors. We both have value. We both have something to offer. What's happening is here is we're just in alignment. You don't have this. I have it. But what do you have to offer to the situation? And we've learned almost every person that calls in gets asked whether they have any resources to contribute to the project. Or we're learning to ask about like, well, do you have a mower available? And we're, we're doing that before the project gets posted, but we're, we're encouraging and training our volunteers to, to ask about the resources that are available because uh, not only does it help get the projects done, but it helps preserve the dignity of the homeowner because it is really their problem. We're just there to help them, not do it for them. And they love it when they can know that they put the $100 or $200 towards that ramp and knowing that they, they solved their own problem the best way they could. So... We could keep talking about a lot of examples. Uh, let's transition for the sake of this. And what we want to do at NeighborLink is start having a series of these conversations. So when this podcast launches, 
over the next series of weeks, we're going to like pull our listeners and our audience to what, what would you like us to talk about or give more insight in? Because I think it's really important uh, to have these discussions. But because of that, what are some ideas and solutions that you've offered volunteers in the past to overcome these? Or what are some of the other resources at NeighborLink that's available to volunteers so they don't feel like they're at, at this alone? Derek, do you have yeah, a few well, thoughts? Yeah, the, uh, the one thing is if there's a situation that they get into and they really need to have to talk with somebody, have them call one, one of us, Jeff or I, and discuss what it is and how maybe we've got some ideas on how to how, they, how them best to treat it. Um, but it's clearly one of the situations where it's really between you you and uh, and your your ability and your desire to help somebody regardless of the situation. So um, the biggest thing is to overcome, um, try to overcome the situation the best you possibly can and, um, and understand that um, sometimes things just don't work out and that's okay. Um, but you're doing your best, and, um, and the homeowner, your, your neighbor, will know you're doing the best, and, and maybe together you can solve the solution um, that, that just seems to be um, unsolvable at the time. Volunteerism should be about transformation. Like, if you're going to give your time and your resources away, like, the goal, you want to you impact something. Yeah. Um, there's no way that you can offer your best and impact without being impacted by it. And so recognizing to your point, like being open to the fact that volunteerism may not be easy. And we certainly aren't going to necessarily make it easy. We're going to try to eliminate barriers in NeighborLink. But some of the difficulties that you may face doing a NeighborLink project or volunteerism in general, it should be, it should be painful. It should be pulling you in a new direction. It should be, should be really pressing in on your current beliefs, your understandings, your time, how generous you are, all of those different things that you can really experience that. You don't have to be perfect at it to your point, and it should be it should be there should be some tension. Yeah. And and when you go through that, you learn, and so that makes it so much easier the next time that you get into similar situations or even completely different situations. But it's you know it's that human inter- interaction that um, really becomes um, the motivating factor for a volunteer, and and really what what the what your neighbor in all likelihood is really looking for is a relationship um, with you. So. Jeff, what are some of the, the valuable things that uh, have landed for some volunteers in your experience? Um, I think just knowing that a volunteer isn't out there on their own, that they've always got our support and um, just expanding on what Derek's said a little bit, um, sometimes knowing that a project isn't always doable and we do have to walk away and... Um, Sometimes knowing that um, just being there and listening to the homeowner's story um, sometimes can be enough um, because they know that someone cared enough to at least stop by and hear them out and, and just listen and show them that they loved them enough to do that. Um, but we are always here for to support them however we can. And I think sometimes two eyes or four eyes are better than, than two. So, um, uh, we always encourage going out in pairs, um, for that initial visit. Yeah. That's a big one. This is communal. Like no one, no one survives long-term volunteerism, um, alone. Like it really requires those that are thriving with volunteerism or at least especially in neighborly, uh, 
are doing it in the context of community. You, we, we're doing very messy, very difficult stuff. And if nothing else, even um, entering into other people's crises. And this is a journey that requires other people that are going on that journey with you who can help process together. Yeah. So the point for safety, for um, very objective, very specific reasons, Go go in pairs. Yeah. Two and, eyes, and pra protection, practical reasons. Practical well. reasons, yeah. but also because if you hit one of those difficult situations, now you have somebody that is on that journey with you, and yeah. you can really work through, and you can bounce ideas. And yeah. yeah, are there other tips for volunteers that that come to mind? Uh, I think the big one is err on the side of grace. I mean, that's really um, try to understand their situation and. and Try not to be judgmental. I mean, that's mm -hmm. and uh, it's difficult to do. Um, but I mean, the more the more situations you see um, throughout your volunteering uh, journey, it, it's uh, it's going to be easier and easier to, to interact with people that are a lot different uh, than you. And you find out that uh, you've got a lot of common ground and a lot of a lot of um, value to give each other. Yeah. It really, that's a, it's a good point that really relates to the mission as I think about it. You know, our mission is practical neighbor-to-neighbor -neighbor expressions of God's love. Like this NeighborLink was always created to be an expression of what God's doing in our own life and through the church. And that these are neighbor-to-neighbor. -neighbor. Like we have things to learn from our neighbors and we have resources to give our neighbors and things. And it's a, it's a relationship. And um, that's really great. I'm going to put you both on the spot with this question, but... Uh, I think it should come pretty naturally. What are you learning? And, and in essence, to, to wrap up this episode of this podcast, uh, what are you learning lately um, in the last week or two about what it means to be a good neighbor? <laughs> well, I'm constantly learning um, to, I think, listen better. Um, people have a lot to say, and I think I can look back several years ago and I know that a lot of times I didn't always listen to what people were saying I I think I thought I was but I don't think I really was and I think the more I listen the more I hear I know that probably sounds really easy to say but um, I think people have a lot to say and I think we really have to listen close to what they're saying and at least I do. The closer I listen, the more I hear. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's a key to me. And Derek just touched on it a little bit um, just a minute ago. Um, just not being judgmental on people. And that's, that seems like an easy one, but gosh, I think that's just something I always have to work on, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, Well, I'd like to say I just totally agree with Jeff, and that's a great answer. But to expound a little bit, um, listen listen to uh, to your neighbor when you're out on a project. And, and I think um, the more we listen to what their needs are truly, um, that we won't um, get any preconceived notions because we may walk into a situation and and think that oh my goodness gracious there's all kinds of things that need to be done well you know you're there really for um for the neighbor and the question becomes what do they want what do they need what's most critical to them and how can you help them with that and try not to get 
caught up in what you would think um, would be all the things you'd like to fix um, because that's not important to them. And really, um, that's the most important thing is to serve them in the way that they are looking. And, uh, you know, the small things make a big difference. And, and you can get defocused on things that you think ought to be done as opposed to what they really want. So, yeah. And guys, thanks for taking the time to do this podcast. And thanks for uh, being available to our volunteers and learning and being on this journey. Uh, if you're interested in volunteering, it's, it is really easy to volunteer in NeighborLink. And you can make a direct impact in the neighbor's life in 30 minutes, uh, once a week, once a month. Uh, don't No project's too small around here to have a great impact. Uh, while it's easy to get involved at NeighborLink because of Jeff and Derek, like they're here available for any group of any size and individual. Uh, while it's easy to get involved at being an, a volunteer, the journey on transformation and being a good neighbor is, is a challenging one at the time and it requires a lot of growth and commitment and grace. Uh, but these guys and our team, our desire is to be as of much help as you need, uh, as much or as little as help as any group needs. NeighborLink is, is really pioneering this idea of decentralized volunteerism. You can sign up, be a volunteer, do 25 projects, but never interacting with a staff person if you have the confidence. Uh, but if you want to be a volunteer and need help getting started, our team is here to help, and these two guys are uh, leading that initiative. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Neighboring. We hope to do more of these episodes, so leave a comment, uh, send us an email, let us know what you want to learn about NeighborLink and have us talk about, and we will do that. And hey, we may even invite you to come join the conversation. So until next week, thanks for tuning in to Neighboring.